Welcome to Empowering Chats with Susan Burrell. This is where I help strong, capable women excavate the inner garbage in their life so they can become more confident and have more clarity on who they are and how they really want to be in the world. We have rich, juicy conversations about, yeah, you guessed it, empowerment, but also about radiating your brilliance and loving yourself more than you ever have in your life. And who doesn't want that? So join me now for another empowering chat. So here we are chugging along 2022, and now we're in the month of August, and the theme for August is ease. Ease. So let me tell you what that means. I love looking this stuff up because I, when I think I know what it means, I'm always surprised. So ease means freedom from labor, pain, or physical annoyance, a tranquil rest or comfort, freedom from concern, anxiety, difficulty, effort, constraint, a quiet state of mind. Ease. And when I was traveling this last year in in Italy, we met a man, Salvatore, who when he first met me, I was anxious because of a a train snafu. And he kept saying to me, tranquille, Suzanne, Suzanne, tranquille, you will be tranquille. Kind of said it like that. So ease, where in your life do you find ease? A tranquil tranquil rest, a quiet state of mind where you feel free from anxiety and stressors. Ask yourself that question. And the guests that we have coming up this month, I think you're going to find some easy answers. (laughs) Okay. I just had to throw that in there. Enjoy the show. So today we're going to have a conversation with a woman who's just lovely just lovely. We have some common roots. Uh, One of them is Disney. Uh, um, But the conversation I'm excited to have is about her new book. Uh, It's called Decoding Your Emotional Blueprint, A Powerful Guide to Transformation Through Disentangling Multi-Generational Patterns. And that statement right there is what caught me. And I knew I had to have a conversation with this woman. So I want to welcome Judy Wilkins-Smith. Thanks for joining me, Judy. And thank you for having me. It's lovely to be with you today. Oh my goodness. So this, so uh, I've said this before on my show, but I didn't tell you. Uh, My work this last year, I, I, I took the year off and I did a really deep, intensive dive into my generational and ancestral oh my goodness backgrounds uh intuitively right to find where the initiating incidents or belief systems got downloaded and then passed down generationally so this you you talk about i'm, I'm loving your book i'm loving your book hey. okay so everybody first of all you got to get the book decoding your emotional blueprint because in every chapter she has little the thing I love is, is she gives you assignments <laughs> and little exercises, investigation questions, um, journaling things. And, um, and I love that, Judy, because when stuff starts percolating for me, I know I got to ask the questions and then I got to listen intuitively to what shows up, what the answers are. So let's talk about what um, a blue emotional blueprint is. How does it get developed? 
I, I, I made a ton of notes before we started. I mean, I got a ton already. So <laughs> I love it. let's just talk about the emotional blueprint and then we'll go off from there. So the emotional blueprint. So when an event happens, there is a reaction. You know this yourself. If it's significant for you, an event happens, there is a reaction. You start telling yourself things about that. You start feeling things about that. You start uh -huh. taking actions that match that. And eventually you, you entrench it so well that this becomes the truth. Only it's not the truth. It's just your truth. And you can change that anytime you want to. But now imagine that event, that significant event happened generations ago. And all of the cautionary tales and all of the watch out and all of the be carefuls were passed down through word of mouth in watching people act and react, uh, watching people's feelings. Because, by the way, for those of us who don't know, and I'm sure most of us do, we have mirror neurons that instinctively tune us into the other person's system. If you look at what's going on with the news and it's something difficult, you <gasps> because you're actually sensing into their system. So now this system and all of its thoughts, feelings and actions and patterns of thoughts, feelings and actions gets imprinted onto the system. And that gets passed down as a series of patterns and behaviors that pass from one generation to the next. Now, epigenetically, they study this quite a lot. There are three particular studies, the Holocaust, uh, the Great Dutch Hunger Winter, and also 9-11. And in all of those cases, they've studied intact groups of women who've been pregnant at the time and wow. traced the children to see if those markers surface on the proteins and on the, the cells of, of these children. And yes, they do. 9-11, they're finding the same PTSD markers. In the Great Dutch Hunger Winter, we had two lots emerge. We had one lot who were malnourished and the other lot who were obese or who had problems with having to almost hoard and eat food, which makes sense because in the Great Dutch Hunger Winter, the, the Germans, I believe, yeah, surrounded an entire city and they wouldn't let them have any food and water. So they were existing on rats and tubes and bulbs and all sorts. And so, of course, the stress with that and the actions and, and all of those pieces came together and were passed down to the children. But when they studied it, it was passed down to the children's children's children. So now we know that this passes down as a blueprint. Mm -hmm. Now, the piece that people don't get, so so we all look at that and go, oh, well, you see, that's why I struggle with. Right. That's only the first part. The important part is I struggle with ABCD because it's trying to tell me something. It's telling me, wake up. This pattern doesn't serve. And you're the one who can look at it and begin to relanguage it, rethink it, refeel it, and reaction it. And now you're rewiring the brain and the body, and you're wiring in a completely different system. Why is that important? 90% of us are, are reliving ancient history. We're not living our true present or creating an authentic future. We just keep regurgitating this ancient history. And again, the beauty of the pattern is not to get rid of it. It's to then see what gift it holds, because it always does, and what it's asking you to develop so that you write the chapter that only you can write. 
You know, and I love that. That's so succinct. I hope everybody heard every word and, it, and you might have to rewind this and listen again to what Judy just said, because that's, that was my intuitive journey all last year. And, uh, and I went back through, uh, the, the feminine side, the masculine side, my ex-husband's family, my, you know, uh, so, because I had determined that my behavior was, I want to say, I'm hearing the word predicated was be, was because of ancestral belief systems that weren't even mine. Do you know, when I sit down with myself, that's not mine, but I react and I operate out of this belief system that isn't mine. So I had to go, I was going back to see what, what do I believe? And then, well, what is the belief system that is mine, you know? And, um, and I appreciate you bringing up the investigating what the gifts are before you make the change, because, um, in your book, you talk about re you can rewrite your ancestral lineage history and make your life be the turning point or pivot point. Right. Right. Um, yes. People always say to me, so why am I doing this work? I'm doing this work because I don't want my children to inherit what I've got. Well, again, they're looking at it from the point of view that this is terrible and limiting. It's not. It's actually prodding and igniting. And if we start to see it that way, we realize that as well. You don't ever want to reject someone in your family because they have information that you're right. going to need for your journey. So it's not about you being good, bad or indifferent if you reject mom. She is the source of some of the information that you need. Yes. You know, it's so funny that you bring this up because, um, most just recently, my, uh, my mother passed away a year and a half ago and my uncle, her brother just passed away. And, um, and we're all beginning to see that with them gone, that part of the family, the history, the stories, the truths or lies, or, you know, whatever, is also now gone. It, they, they were the ones, they were the wisdom holders in, in a sense. Of, right. In a sense, you know? absolutely. And we think it's gone and it is, some of it is gone, but some of it is also encoded in your own behavior. Uh -huh. And so when people say to me, but I don't even know my parents, I say, okay, that's okay. Let's have a look at your events, your thoughts, your feelings, your actions, your meaning making, because it came from somewhere. You didn't happen in a vacuum. Right. And even when you don't know them, it is still traveling through to you. It is very faithfully passed on to the next and the next, and it will express. So, Judy, okay, so let's talk about what you said earlier about the mirror and the energy. Because if somebody doesn't know their parents, it's not getting verbally passed down. Like in my family, you know, there were verbal things said that, you know, lodged in my brain as a small child and um, that I'm trying to undo because boy, I don't want my grandkids doing it. But, but there's this also this energy system that even if you don't ever meet your parents, uh, family of origin, that energy stream is still alive be and well and looking for you. Absolutely. Because we're all tied electrically. Right. We are. And, Spiritually. and an easy way to think about that is this, because somebody was saying to me, explain it. 
And I said to him, well, when I do a constellation, you see it very clearly. We'll talk about constellations in a bit. I use live representatives to represent different parts of the family. And they are very accurate with the information that they will give or the, wow. the movements they will make. And people go, how? It's not possible. Of course it is. Think about something that happens on the TV and we see, think about 9-11. That, that plane flew into that building. We didn't go, or into those buildings, we didn't go, oh, gee, that's not nice. The entire country went into mourning and grief and panic and depression. Why? We'd all sensed into what was happening there. We are very capable of sensing into each other's systems. We're doing it all day long. We've just never noticed that we do it. But right. we, do it, we do it accurately. So, and I totally agree with you, being somebody when uh, Russia first invaded Ukraine, I was, I was sick. I was, I was in such grief and I wasn't very aware. And then I realized, oh, it's that, that's, that's an event that is just so horrific. And I'm sensing into it. And, and, and so then, so, and, and this is important for people to know too, if you are um, empathic, intuitive, or if you're feeling stuff, uh, reverberations, you know, there's been all sorts of ugly stuff happening. Um, if you feel those reverberations, it might be a good idea not to turn on the news, <laughs> you know, because that, it, it, I don't know, at least for me, it doesn't help me to then go, oh, that's why I'm feeling it and see all those horrible images because the, 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 the images and the story just like- Of in course, the it's just, reinforcing it. Exactly. And actually that's brilliant. What you've tapped into there is uh, the reason that constellations are incredibly uh, effective and work as well as they do. The minute you engage multiple senses, you're now having an embodied experience. And in fact, you are wiring and rewiring right there in the moment. You're starting to tell yourself different things. You're starting to feel different things. You're taking different actions. This is exactly that. You're leaning into and you're sensing into that system. And now you're keying into it in your way. And in fact, you're probably picking up some of the, uh, that's coming from the other oh, side yeah. and you can feel it. So there is one thing though, when that happens, instead of going into overwhelm, ask yourself, what's possible here? What can I do here? I'm writing that down, Judy. What's what, possible here? What's possible here? What can I do here? What can I do that is going to put out something different and get people to become capable instead of imprisoned. Okay, but that doesn't necessarily mean uh, getting a flag and standing on a Not freeway overpass. It doesn't mean activism no. so much as what no. can I do within myself? What can I do within me so that I don't contribute to what that is over there? Oh. You've seen what happens when one person says something and suddenly we've got a lynch mob. And Crazy. this is pretty much the same idea. What can I do that is going to bring calm or bring peace, even if it's just to me to begin with? Because if it's just to me, I can begin to be objective. And now I can look at what's asking to be seen and what can I do about that in my own world? Again, doesn't mean picking up a flag and running around. 
it's if everybody's screaming, can I be quiet and hold the space for people to scream until they finish? Can I offer an alternative? Can I look for the gift? And, and in systems, we want to know when something's screaming, it's telling you, I've been here for a while. You didn't listen. You didn't listen. And what you exclude in systemic work creates a pattern that expands and repeats. And that goes not just for events, but it goes for people. If, if, if anybody in your family is excluded, watch them pop up in the likeness of someone four generations later, and they will do something that brings them back into that same kind of patterning. So great-grandmothers put away in, into an asylum because for whatever reason in those days. Now all, and, and she used to always say, I don't have a life. Well, she didn't. I have no life. I have no control. Now, all of a sudden, we have somebody who gets injured four generations later, which seems unrelated, but they're injured. And for a long time, somebody else is in charge of their body. And it's, I don't have a life. I can't get out of this room. I'm imprisoned. They're speaking the words of the one who was originally excluded. When they can bring that one's awareness back into the system, they've done what the pattern needed them to do. They've noticed. They've re-hyphen-membered the person into the system, and now balance is set, and they can do something different. Okay, that was a lot, Judy. I'm like, and I've read your book. I, I'm like, so, okay, so let's talk about systems, because right. that was a great explanation. But, but so let's talk about systems, like, in, in terms of the family, because sure. you start with the family, but then you bring it out into relationships and organizations and work. And money and, and all yeah. sorts of things. Yep. So in a family, there is a particular, a, a system is an ordered pattern. Is that? A system is, uh, the system is a home base with all of its elements. In a family system, it's your mother, your father, your sister, your brother. It's maybe an uncle or aunt who were particularly significant. It's your grandparents and their parents. It's all of the events that live there. It's all of the sayings and not sayings. It's all of the actions and inactions. The, the knowing field that we talked about earlier is the repository of all that has and hasn't been said, all that has and hasn't been done. It holds all of that. And your family system is all of the events, all of the decisions, all of the feelings, all of the thoughts, all of the actions. Okay. Wow. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> so, but basically, cause that you just described what the work I was doing last year, because I had to discern all that. So, so, and like you said earlier, when the system is screaming is because there's an imbalance that needs to be addressed and realigned. There are two things. There's an imbalance that's seeking to be exactly as you said, addressed and aligned. But at the same time, you, whenever you've got a, a, a pattern that's trying to stop, it's because it also, it's outlived its usefulness. What was once a solution is now a problem. And over here is the pattern trying to emerge through you. And these two sit together. The one is in service of the other always. Until you, until someone becomes conscious enough Absolutely. to go, this Absolutely. pattern no longer needs to be. Uh, oh, this pattern has served its purpose. Thank you. 
-hmm. And now here's the pattern trying to emerge through me. This mm. is, and, and what you'll see, I always say to people, well, I'm sorry, no matter whether your mother and father were fabulous or not, any success that you have is thanks to them because they either had you in collusion where they were successful and you were too, or you watched your mother scrubbing floors and went, I'm not doing that. And she ignited the opposite. Either way, guess who you have to thank for that pivot? Mom or dad. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Even if they were absent. Even if, well, that's, yeah. that's. If they were absent because if they were absent, I had somebody who said to me, I'm a CEO now. No, thanks to my jerk of a father. And I went, oh, let's have a look at that. Father dropped them on the side of a road when she was about six months and her brother was two with one diaper and mom and off he went because he was somebody who he was a bit of a layabout who couldn't get things together yeah, yeah mom marries this other guy they develop a very successful business daughter is now a ceo i said to her yeah and if your father had have kept you around and she went yeah. oh. i said yeah so thanks to your father the jerk you are now a ceo hmm so and then, and in that, I'm getting chills, Judy, as you just told that story. So in that uh, awareness, coming awake, uh, not being numbed out to whatever it is, in that awareness, that's when the energetic alignment happens, yeah? That's when, yes, that's what we would call an aha moment. Often it's the understanding what happened because as you represented dimensionally in a constellation, there are new insights. So it's understanding the pattern, thanking the pattern, setting it, setting it down where it can now become a source of wisdom and then going, what's possible here? Oh my goodness. Do I understand? I actually not only have an adventure, I have a purpose. Oh my goodness. Here is the purpose. Here is the new pattern. And then what you'll see is people will literally tell me, I wait, my thoughts are changing and my body feels different. And, and I'm not reacting the same way. What's happening? You're rewiring in the moment right there. Wow. Wow. Okay. So, because <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm trying to put this with what my experience was this last year, and I'm in a current experience that is uh, a huge putting down patterns, letting them go. Uh, with gratitude, right? I'm, I, I move in and out of that because it's a, it's a physical, it's a physical letting go. Right. And it's been going on for a few weeks and, um, and in the process of that, uh, in your book reminded me, I've got some, I've got some extra work to do it. I, you know, in fact, there's some questions in your book from one of the exercises. I was like, Ooh, that's good. Um, because I, I was looking at it from one POV and then I shifted. So right. moving into a place of gratitude first and then asking the question, uh, you know, what is it that I need to know or what else do I need to release um, might help resolve this realignment. And, and when you are releasing, just be aware you're not letting it go out of the system. You're setting it down. You What belongs always belongs one of the tenets of this work is everything and everyone has a right to belong if anything or anyone is excluded for any reason whatsoever 
its likeness will surface again in subsequent generations until it is seen and given its place. So this is interesting to me because, uh, of course, feeling like I belong is one of my daily dues. Uh, being seen and heard is another daily do. That and, and this is all stuff that surfaced last year. I was right. like, oh, I didn't realize that. Um, but the the needing to that well not needing but everything belongs. So so basically, I'm going to say back to you what I think I heard you said and what I what Go my understanding of your writing is is. Um, when we can accept, I'm actually working with a client right now who's in who's in resistance to what is. And oh, and, and that what is is huge, right? It's your mm -hmm. ground zero. Until you can accept it exactly the way it is, the way it is for it to change, you have no foundation from which to move. Right. So she's like, okay, so I'm surrendering, which is good. We, we need, there are certain attitudes or behaviors we need to surrender in order for what is to really be faced. But she also brought up um, that it feels like she's sacrificing. And so I, I said, okay, so we, we, so we had to go back and, and, you know, find the, the initiating factor in, in this particular lifetime where sacrifice, she was the, the oldest child, right? So sacrifice was the, her entire foundation. And I said, but so see, so we're starting to, you know, work through where, what's the difference between surrender and sacrifice, but also how necessary surrender is so you can be with what is, because in my experience, and I'm sure you've seen hundreds and hundreds of clients in my personal experience, when I can just be with what is without trying to duke it out or push it away or anything, it, it transforms. Of course it does. Because oh, almost immediately. It does. Right there, you've said, I agree that what happened, happened the way it did. Now, what's possible? Before you can do that, you can't shift to what's possible. Right. So because it's you're still in the, in the struggle. Piece. Yeah. So that's part of a creating or a, a understanding belonging, that everything belongs. Everything belongs and everything has a purpose and everything serves you no matter how difficult it looks or how terrible it was. It will have given you something as a hmm. gift. You've just got to find it. Oh my goodness. You're a gift, Judy. Thank you for, thank you for saying that to me, for me personally, Not everybody else. I don't know what you're getting out of it, but I'm getting a lot. So, so in your book, you're also talking about I, I actually, how your emotional blueprint of, can affect uh, your success in business. Yes. Uh, it's not just the family of origin and the ancestors is your starting point. But the more you become aware, then you can move. You've got this lovely seven levels of success through a systemic lens. And, um, and I loved it when I happened upon it. I was like, oh my gosh, I already know who I'm giving the book to when I'm done reading it. I'm giving it to my son. Yay. Yay. Because um, so many people, when you, when you don't heal your inner uh, stuff, then you do stay stuck. And, and in this seven levels of success, you start at the very, at the very bottom, you have victim. And so many people feel that when they're in the workforce feeling like a victim or they've, they've made it through, but they, but in your book, you say that it's very important to understand your relationships. 
how you relate to other people. And a lot of it is from the systemic uh, family of origin stuff, right? Right. Right. Yes, absolutely. It's super, super important to understand your relationships. Relationships govern all sorts of things, but they're also keys to the door. This is this is the whole purpose of this is how do I relate? Where is it not working? How is it not working? If it's not working, what is it trying to tell me? It's going, hey, cookie, that pattern needs to stop. Here's the other one. What we don't realize is that that we genuinely are in a big game of it's like one of those big video games yeah now, and i always say to people do you play video games yes good do you give up the first time that you get a bump no have you ever had a level that you've had to do maybe 20 30 or 40 times yes so why didn't you stop well because then i couldn't get to the next level oh. exactly you don't stop you keep looking and if you keep looking at that pattern and you listen very carefully to the words and watch your actions and feelings you're you're going to figure out pretty quickly what needs to stop and what needs to start yeah so we have a game we've just got to be willing to play it well and 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 to that point or to tap on it more part of why we're here on planet earth is to grow is to learn is to evolve it is not to sleep through life or numb ourselves right. through life right. it's it's about really becoming present with what is yep. and learning from it. And, you know, uh, I've been looking at, um, <laughs> I, I'm going to say this out loud. I can't believe it. So I had a 28-year a, a marriage that ended badly. Mm -hmm. And um, my son is now engaged to get married. And um, I now... And then a new level of learning and letting go of that relationship with my ex-husband so that I can be present right. with what is now, not what was and keep pro projecting it and, and just be present and, and know that I'm safe, right? So it's been interesting to ask these questions. And your book is a huge help for me, Judy. Oh, I'm in, so glad. In dealing with asking the asking these questions and and seeing what i because if everything belongs holy moly i really wish it didn't yeah uh, it does <laughs> if everything belongs then that belonged right it does. and, and it there was gifts yeah. and i've already recognized a lot of the gifts but uh so it's this is like the next level of my seven levels of success, right? <laughs> you yes. know, what did it unleash in you as well? What were the pieces good and bad that it unleashed in you? And what do you want to do with those also? But he will have given you a gift, not the least of which is your son. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. And he would have, there would have been things that had he been nice, sweet and delightful, you may never have learned for yourself. You, you built capability because of it. And it may not have been the sweetest way to go. I mean, we're really good as human beings at selling ourselves horror stories, but uh, you got there. And yeah. it's really important. You got there. And this and is, and, and, and I'm saying this out loud, everybody, for those of you that have gone through divorce, are still healing, are still going through divorce, that um, <laughs> I guess it's life, huh, Judy? It just doesn't end. You know, it doesn't but, end. Life but, is life. And you know, 
I, whenever I hear somebody talk about, because we talk a lot about healing ourselves and healing our wounds, I'd like to say we whole ourselves. I think we're perfectly fine. We get the bumps and the others, and we think that makes us unwhole. And right. it's not the truth. All it means is if you look at Mario Brothers or those videos, you came equipped with one cape or one set of glasses. And the more that you work at it, the better your outfits become. Right. So we're not so much healing as we're evolving. I like evolving. Evolving is, is what we're doing when we choose. Well, and I like that the the thing what you said about everything belongs because um, because talking about being whole, it means that all those pieces belong there. Absolutely, and they were probably some of your most precious assets. They ignited parts of yourself that the nice, flowery, sweet side may not have. How many of us sit in boiling water like the frog? And don't yeah. jump until it gets so unbearable that that you get a shock along with and you go, well, I suppose I should move. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> 28 that years. That is most of us. Yeah. And until what's, you wake up. Right. And that's the thing that, you know, uh, I thought I was very conscious, but it wasn't until I, I went through divorce that I really got broiled and roiled and you know and I really had to come to places of self-acceptance and and recognizing that I wasn't broken you know and so many of us feel like going through you know if, if you suddenly lose your job if you're fired or whatever or divorce or you feel broken you feel lost yeah, and I really want to connect that at least correct that one immediately all you've got is a pivot point from the universe it's telling you hey this door, not that door. That's all. You lose a job, a great. What were you born to do? Right. If you go through a divorce, okay, good for you. You discovered what wasn't working. Now what will work? It's not, it's never about being broken. It's about, come on, people, which is the best version that I really want to experience? You're not broken. You're pretty darn brave to pick yourself up and keep going. And the other thing that you touched on that's really important is, we're here to grow. There is a big misconception. We teach people, you shouldn't want much in life. Would anybody explain to me how the world evolves? Because it evolves through wants. And so I say to people, want a lot, want deeply, want widely, keep wanting. Don't want from a place of desperation, though. Want from a place, and even if it's desperation, it means you're getting out of something into something. But for goodness sake, deliver at least um, create your library of wants. It's a good library to have. It, it absolutely, I totally agree with you. It's the only way that um, people get could get inspiration, creative inspiration, and make dreams come true. Exactly. Yes. Oh my gosh, we're going back to Disney now. I was just going to say, do you notice we're, we're kind of kicking now? I'll tell you a very quick piece about that. So when I was nine, he died and, and I was sitting in a car and, they, and I said, I was in tears, who's going to make magic now? And nobody answered. And I said, well, then I will. And so I've become very linked to magic as a, a very strong value for me. And then when we moved to America, it linked up again because I, I went to Disney and I, I said to them, one day, one day, I want to teach at the Swan and Dolphin and stay there 
And then one day when I'm really able, I want to go and have timeshare at the beach and yacht. I teach there every year at Swan and Dolphin. This year it will be Beach Club. But I have timeshare at the Beach Club and I cannot tell you what it was like when I realized I'd had a dream and the dream had come true. It was like, oh my goodness, I co-created that. And if I can do that, what else can I do? How far can I move? What's possible? And we need to give ourselves that kind of juice. It's really important. It's really important. It's the elixir of life, right? Mm. Because, uh, and I know lots of people coming. So uh, Empowering Chats, the theme is reemergence. And so many people coming out of pandemic, I, I'm having conversations with people who never left their home for two years or three right. years. Um, <clears throat> they don't know what they're supposed to do. They don't, they aren't, I'm, it's so fascinating to me to notice that all of that was such a huge growth opportunity and pe people are re-emerging not knowing what their purpose is. Fascinating. So, yeah, it, it really is. It's as though they've gotten themselves stuck in time. So I'm telling you, Judy, one of my ancestors did not want me to say anything about that. Yeah, I was going to ask you, what is, the, what is the secret in the family? The way that you do that, there is often a secret in the family or somebody does not want you to say something. Oh, my God. My neck was getting throttled. Yeah. Oh, yeah. what? Because we're talking about what were we talking about? That? Well, what we were talking about is you don't need to stay stuck. And I will tell you, that is a very big piece out there in the world right now. It, we're re-emerging, as you said. The fact that you don't know what your purpose is isn't a problem. What If you want to find it, now's the time to find the thing that makes you angriest, most dogmatic, saddest, annoyed, frustrated, and then start there and say, okay, so what don't I want? I don't want to feel this way anymore. What do I want? Here's how I'd like to feel good. You have purpose. Start heading in that direction. And by the way, if you attach a, a, a nice dream or a goal to it, it makes the journey so much juicier. It's just so that. much juicier. Yeah. And, and it's not going to go in a straight line. Be aware of that. We <laughs> always think that people who are successful had it all together. They got the golden spoon and off their end. No, those, all they did was pick themselves up one more time. That's it. To get to the next level. That's it. Just like in the video games. Exactly. It's, it's so much a video game. I laugh every time I look at it. But goodness, it, it, life truly is an adventure. It may not always feel like it. There are times when it's tough. I hate to tell you this, but adventures aren't crafted in one direction either. No, 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 no. It's so much fun. Well, of course, now I'm a certain age where I realize it's fun to live life, not in a linear manner, but you know, going all over the place. Absolutely. But when I was younger, <clears throat> yep, in my 20s, uh, I thought A plus B equals C and I'd be this. And and yeah, that's not at all how life is. And intensity, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And then reality hits. Yep. And all that's happening is with the minute you start feeling like you're stuck or like you're you're hampered. All that's happening is the universe is act 
activating for you. And that's what people need to know. The minute you're stuck, it's congratulations. You're now in a box that's too small for you. Time to find a new box. Oh my God. That's amazing. I, I, in my, in my thirties, I was like, I'm in a box. I, I feel like, you know, and I, I started meditating on the box falling apart or getting out of the box, you know, and I even now have a guided meditation called out of the box thinking. Oh, I love it. Yeah. It, it, because I, I got myself into such a small space because I wasn't listening to being stuck, why I was stuck. And, and, and it was such a small space, Judy, that I became a type one diabetic and almost died. Oh my you goodness. Know? You're talking really about getting the wake up calls, right? So yeah. Um, the sweetness of life had disappeared, had it not? Yes. Oh my God. And over-responsibility and you know, all that let's stuff. Live by all the lower hormones of stress, because that's going to do it for me. No, not so much. You know, and until you live through things like that, events like that, you don't know what you don't know. No, and we're also not taught. In the book you, you'll, you'll have read, we, we've got a complete language. Mm -hmm. But we're taught the couldn't, shouldn't, won't, can't, hopeless, horrible sinners that we are. And there is another half of that language, which is you're possible, life's incredible, of course you can, here are all the pieces, but we're not taught that. So we don't know how to look. We're not taught to look. We're taught to shut down and stay still. The whole piece of this, the whole aim of the book is to say to people, you have a huge adventure, don't waste it. Go yes. do something. <clears throat> So the book is called Decoding Your Emotional Blueprint, A Powerful Guide to Transformation Through Disentangling Multi-Generational Patterns. Judy Wilkins-Smith, thank you. Now, uh, do you have a website? I do. It's judywilkins-smith.com. Okay. And I was super interested to hear about your guided meditations. What I've done is they will also find there I've done two constellations meditations. It's a first. Oh, so wow. what they can do is the one is the meditation of the mother. The other one is the meditation of the father. And it takes them all the way into the lineage of each of their parents and then brings them all the way back. And I had a radio host who said to me, I listened to the meditation of the father before we met because I don't know my father. I've never known my father. I have no connection. And she said to me, I listened to that. I have a father. Well, I think I'm going to be doing those <laughs> next week. Oh, my gosh, Judy. Thank you. So th I just want to say thank you so much for the work that you do and, and, and you showing up so fully as you. That's a gift to so many people. Thank you so much for joining me today. Can I say thank you for hosting places like this? where people can start to realize that they are remarkable lives if only they know how to see it. Uh, well put, well put. Thank you so much. And I'm just going to end with, and so it is, namaste. Well, that wraps up our empowering chat today. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, go to susanborrell.com. You can see all the information about my new book, Live an Empowered Life, a 30-Day Journey. You can also access guided meditations that I have on Insight Timer through the website and just see what else is out there on my site that you might find empowering and exciting to experience. You can also contact me through the website at susan at susanborell.com. So that's it for today. See you next time.